It's your radio, the future of radio. Good evening and welcome to Serious Business and Not So Serious. Tonight, we're going to be talking some very serious business. We're going to be talking about little Sarah Cherry, 12 years old, abducted. That's a hard word. Say that one, abducted. And uh, sexually assaulted and murdered. She lived in Maine, not too far from me, probably 10, 11, 12 miles at the most. The person who the person who was accused of murdering Sarah has spent the last 20 years in prison. There is a group of people called Trial and Error who have been fighting to have justice done for Dennis. Dennis DeShane was convicted of murdering 12-year-old Sarah Cherry. We have a caller here from area code 507. Good evening, caller. How are you tonight? Not too bad. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Were you aware of the Dennis DeShane case in Maine? Yes, because I read the story. Oh, great. So uh, you know that there's been a lot of controversy going on about did Dennis do this or did Dennis not do this? Um, I don't remember all the particulars, but after reading the story, I didn't think he could have done it. Well, I'll tell you, you know, um, I had a nodding acquaintance with Dennis. He was a farmer. Um, he was what people call one of those green people. He believed in recycling, um, saving the earth. He always was a pleasant man when I would run into him at perhaps the greenhouses or uh, garden shops, pet stores. Always nodded, always had a smile. Kind of hard for me to believe that he did this, but I don't, I'm not going to take sides tonight. I'm just going to say, um, callers, call in. What do you think? We can talk about Dennis, and I'll, I'll tell you there was a book written by author James P. Moore, and this, the beginning, uh, just the little synopsis is the true story of a murdered girl, one treacherous lawyer, an honest attorney with lots of guts, one brave wife and mother who wouldn't give up on her friend, an innocent man serving life imprisonment, and the ruthless prosecutors who railroaded him still hiding the truth via official cover-ups, and yet, even more appalling, official police reports indicate that the cops could have saved that little girl's life, but they didn't. That's, uh, that's a little synopsis about what Jim, uh, Jim Moore, I always called him Jim, um, how he started out telling you about what r- took place with Dennis. Um... I'm going to kind of have to wing it here because the trial and error people haven't called in yet, so I'm just going to try and fill you in a little bit so that people will know what happened um, to Sarah. My heart goes out to her family. You know, if Sarah was alive today, she would be 32 years old. She might be a mother. Who knows what Sarah would have been. She was a very brilliant, brilliant little girl. Um when, it, when this was taking place, I can remember the horror that everyone felt, and, and we still feel that horror. I can remember thinking, um, geez, I, I find this hard to believe. And then as the details came out, one of the things that struck me was when the search was going on, 
there was a house trailer where a gentleman lived. And I remember them saying that the police, and there were pictures too, the police knocked on the door. There were foot, there were footprints. Um, there was a child's footprints and there were an adult's footprints. So the police went, the police went and knocked on the door and says, oh, do you have a little girl here or do you have any children? And that person said no and the police left. I don't know what Jim Moore is saying when he says that the little girl's life could have been saved, but it wasn't. But, boy, I'll tell you what, I've always had a feeling that perhaps that little girl, Sarah Cherry, was inside that trailer. We have another caller. That the little girl's life could have been saved, but it wasn't. But, boy, I tell you what, I've always had a feeling that perhaps this is area code 207. This is a mean person. Hi. Thank you for calling Serious Business. Hi. Hi. Do you have a name that you're using tonight? Well, I'm trying to actually register and log in. It says my name is already being used, which I found odd. It, that is odd because I'm talking to you, so I, I find that real odd. What What is your name? Oh, I'm Ray Duval. Hi, Ray. Hey, nice to talk to you. Um, I was just, uh, I don't know if you heard, but I was just filling in people on some of the things um, that I knew about Dennis. I know, I was listening. I've been trying to register to get on there. Well, I just, you know, I just wanted to sort of fill people in. This is um, a brand new show, Ray, uh, first time show, and, and I couldn't think of... Um, a better subject than Dennis. I know that uh, trial and error has worked for 20 years to get a new trial. They're not saying set Dennis free. They're saying give Dennis justice, give him a new trial. Correct. I was telling people about um, that one picture that always sort of struck me uh, where the police had went to the trailer. You know what trailer I mean, I bet. I do. And uh, knocked on the door, asked if there was anybody there, and turned and walked away. Um, I've always had a really bad feeling about that. That that scene, that what you're describing, I, I had a friend who, who read the book, and I asked him what he thought, and when he started describing that scenario, he actually got tears in his eyes because everybody who really thinks about it sort of thinks the same thing. She could have been in there. Well, I've always... Maybe, just maybe if they'd have gone in, they, you know, she could have been alive. I could understand... You know, nobody will ever know. Yeah, I understand when um, the police or, or just the common public have, have panic when they're searching for someone, but I guess I expect uh, I expect more from trained police officers. I expect them to search every nook and cranny and where, where the, there were the two sets of footprints. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was we, we found out that – that they were were checking everywhere. They were they were talking to people in all the houses. It's like they just wouldn't check this place. And then later, you know, years later, to say, well, they didn't think anybody lived there. Well, that can't be true if there was fresh footprints going to it. You got so it. The, the the facts didn't jive with what we you know were told later. I um. I had another thought when I was reviewing this, and I'm not going to say that uh, I think about Dennis every day because I 
I have a life too, and mm-hmm. but I do think of Dennis um, now and then, and uh, I see that WAVI channel is doing a special. I think it's a three-part special. Uh, correct. That was last week. Yes. And I was reading that, and of course that brings it to the forefront of your mind. And it's kind of funny that I had thought of doing Dennis as my first show. Well, I think people are thinking about Dennis right now because people are aware, uh, who are familiar with, with the case at all, that um, his lawyer has until, I believe, September 1st to file for a new trial, uh, you know, to, to, to present evidence for a new trial under the new DNA law or the revised DNA law. I was, um, I'd sent out some emails to some of the trial and error people, and uh, Morrison had responded just recently. And he says, um, thanks very much for discussing Dennis's case. Unfortunately, I won't be able to call in. He visited Dennis on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and he looks forward to this year's upcoming efforts in court to overturn his wrongful conviction and secure a new trial. And he ends with, the people of Maine support that claim. Very truly yours, Morrison. You know, that says a lot right there. It's been 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I have I am a member of Trial and Error. At least I think I still am because I still get the newsletters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so does that make me a member? It means that you're saying you're an active supporter of what Trial and Error is doing. And if they... Um, ask people to do certain things, people choose whether they want to do it or not, yes, you, you, you can tell people you're a member of trial and error. You're just saying that you support the cause of trial and error and are willing to do what you can and are able to help. And, and that causes justice uh, for Dennis and for other people who may come up against the same situation, not, uh, not the same person, but the same situation where things sway because they want to f- complete the case. They want right. to solve it. And if memory serves me correct, wasn't there some DNA under um, Sarah's fingernails and it was not Dennis's DNA? Am I correct? Correct. The DNA that they got from under her fingernails is male DNA, and it's definitely not Dennis's. And it was never identified it has not been identified. It is what they call a degraded state, meaning that if, I, I don't know all the technical terms, say there are 25 points to it. At this point, there may be 15 points to it, but they know enough don't match Dennis that it can't possibly be him. Um, they could match enough points to somebody to have a good idea that it would be the person, but because some of these points are missing. Like I said, this is not the technical, but I'm just trying to give a uh, an analogy of what it would be like. Um, couldn't couldn't completely point to a person, but along with other evidence, could. But there's enough points to prove that it's not Dennis because they don't. It doesn't match him. It does not match his DNA. So doesn't that kind of just tell you right there that a little more work should have been done or should be done at this point? They need to. Well, they should have. A, allowed DNA testing when he asked for it, for a judge to come back and say that it is not in his best interest to allow testing, that made absolutely no sense and kind of sounds like double talk coming from anybody. 
you know, we're not going to allow you to have DNA testing to prove so that you can prove you didn't do it because that's not in your best interest. That just does not make sense. It certainly doesn't make sense. Bottom line is Dennis being a um, United States citizen had the right Mm -hmm. to DNA testing. He should have that right, as every person should have that right. Whether it proves you guilty or whether it proves you innocent, you have the right to have DNA testing. We do live in the United States of America. Well, apparently at the time, it was it was done, but it wasn't widely done. And people just took to heart our system. They, people want to believe in our system. Dennis believed in our system. And we have found out, like many other things in our entire society, when you have people involved, there are errors, there are flaws, there are people who are on their own agenda. There are all types of things that can interfere. So it's wonderful that we really have this scientific basis to to use because it, it can't it can't tell a story and it's not prejudiced and it you know it it is what it is. Um, and DNA testing has, I believe, freed over 200 men so far. It's it's going to to be, you know, what becomes the new uh, standard for uh, convicting people. I think, um, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people watch these new shows that are on CSI and uh, forensic files and so on. Well, I think that we need a little Horatio from CSI Miami. He could solve this case. He could get the retrial. Um, the sad part is there have been a lot of people who have already done a lot for this case, but until, first of all, until we got the law changed, it wouldn't have mattered. You know, the law is what it is. Exactly. No matter how, in a sense, no matter how unfair it is or unjust it is, until you get it changed, you're stuck with it. So we got the law changed. And then um, to, be able to, to be able to present that evidence. So, and that's the point where we're at is the, the point of requesting for a new trial based on DNA evidence. So um, there's another thing I wanted to bring up, and it momentarily left me. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's a shame that it's gone this long. That's all I think. Well, it it is a shame that it's gone on this long, and I think that when you stop and you look at 20 years of this man's life, with the backing that he's got, with the people that that know him well, I mean, you know, Ted Bundy. I am not. I hate. To, I'm not even comparing him to Ted Bundy in in a in a serial sense, but I am in the sense that you know, Ted Bundy. He he worked. Um, went to congressional uh, parties, he was part of the political scene, he came from a well-to-do family. You looked at Ted Bundy, but you didn't see a serial killer. Well, you know what? Uh, Ann Rule, who's a a well-known criminal writer, always felt a little something off of him. She worked with him on a suicide line. They sat side by side. She always felt something was a little off, but you know, um, Dennis has friends who have been a part of his life for a long time. They're still his friends. One of his friends in particular, uh, when she was a young girl, um not going to say her name because she's not here. I know who you mean. 
You know who I mean. I know who you mean. Yeah. When when she was a young girl and she was being, um, I, I guess, persecuted by other kids, you know, kids can be cruel, who stepped up to protect her? It was Dennis. And that's one of the memories that my friend uh, carries of Dennis. And I just can't, I just can't imagine this man that I met who would smile at me shyly. I mean, I didn't know Dennis. He was, an, he was uh, not even an acquaintance. He was somebody I bumped into because we went to the same places. I just can't imagine this man spending 20 years of his life in prison. No, no I, I have met him. I've talked to him at length. I, um, I, I couldn't have possibly then become as involved as I did had I not really believed in his evidence in his innocence and I, and I couldn't do that until uh, yes I read the book and then as Jim suggests you know he says don't you don't have to take my word for it everybody is welcome to, to go look at anything that he saw and and check things out and um, I didn't actually go and look at any of the paperwork he looked at he had enough copies of it in his book but I did check quite a few things out on my own as far as my DNA and um, things like what they call false confessions, even though Dennis never confessed. They have, um, um, I guess I, I even want to almost call it like false confusion. Um, people under duress and, uh, and particularly I would imagine under the influence of um, substances are easily uh, confused and nobody likes being interrogated. People have falsely confessed before simply because they wanted to end an interrogation thinking that things would be straightened out later only to find out that they weren't straightened out later. Confessions hold very hard but um, there are many, many, many false confessions and as I said there was no confession by Dennis in, in any way, shape, or form, um, there were comments that were, well, we, we know about one comment that was actually changed on, a, on some notes that were written, and things, a comment that can be taken more, more than one way, uh -huh. of course, by one side taken one way and another side taken another way. So I had joined a... a it, was, it wasn't a talk radio show. It was more like a, a written one where people would write in and say stuff. So. so I said, I am going to ignore all the say, all the words, because words are just words and people take them differently. I am going to look at precisely what I call hardcore evidence. And when I kept looking at it and looking at it and looking at it, looking at it it's when I realized there's, there is no way he could have done it. Um, he was found with, with hair and um, particles, a little more than particles, of something that wasn't part of Dennis, but it was on her body. And it's like it couldn't have been on her body unless it was somebody in very close contact with her. There was not one iota of microscopic evidence of Dennis on her or her on Dennis or in his truck or anywhere um, 
they never matched any tire tracks. A similar tire track is not a match. If it had matched, that had been, you know, all over the news. Um, way too many inconsistencies and um, and what's the word for the kind of evidence? Circumstantial evidence. Circumstantial. And that, that's all they have is some circumstantial evidence when all of the what I call hard evidence or scientific evidence definitely points to somebody else. So I can remember seeing um, uh, when um, they brought up this well in Jim's book and and when it was on the trial and error website and reading about you know how they went through the uh, dentist's truck with a fine-tuned tooth right. comb. And there wasn't even a hair. You're absolutely not one hair now. Uh, you were talking about a girl with somebody she doesn't want to be with. No hair. We women know you lose hair all the time. Please, I do. The brushes, you know. It, it, and, I, and even Jim said how many hairs a person loses a day. I mean. Well, I get on my PT cruiser, which has these uh, these uh, little gray fluffy seats. They're, they're like uh, velvet. And mm -hmm. I get in there and drive to the bottom of the hill where I live and go to work. And when I get out, do you know how much red hair is on that headrest? Right. A lot. Quite easily if you have red hair. Did you, you know, know I have red hair? by the way. Oh! I, have, I, I don't have a temper, though. Well, that's nice. Well, I thought so. I don't think I really believe that thing about red hair and temper anyway, but that's okay. <laughs> um. Another another point was um, the the oh the the one that really bothered me was the thing about the the handprint and the guy at one of the sheriffs at the time they were trying to make a point about the handprint on his back and Dennis was explaining how you know he'd be trying to rub off a bug or something and how this handprint a man sized handprint during the trial shrunk. So I thought, well, that's kind of strange. How can you take a man-sized handprint and, and make it shrink? And what they were trying to do was to say that it was a little girl's handprint. Well, the way the handprint was on his back or upper shoulder, whatever, was there as if somebody were trying to hold on. Well, I don't believe for one second that Sarah would have been holding on to anybody who was trying to hurt her. If anything, there would have been prints on the front of somebody trying to push somebody away. So that whole piece just gave me the willies that they were trying to make it that she would have, those would have been her handprints on his back. It, it didn't make sense. It didn't fit. And it was just totally ridiculous that they even, that they even considered it. Well, I think there was a lot of ridiculous things that took place. And unfortunately, this man is paying for the ridiculous with his uh, his life, his freedom. He's paying for people's panic, for um, for for public outrage. Um, but then, unfortunately, that that people stuck to just to what I call save to to try and avoid admitting you're wrong. And. Uh, Pretty public uh, format for them because you're, you're talking our police departments, we're talking our um, district attorneys, we're talking lawyers, we're talking. Mm -hmm. uh, that's 
that's a pretty big um, that's a pretty big organization or organizations to stand up and say, okay, we were wrong. I was I was reading about another case where a man was um, freed on on DNA testing, exonerated on DNA testing, and and one of the I believe one of the I don't know if he was a policeman or a sheriff from that particular case, basically said he didn't really care what the DNA said. He still didn't believe he still believed that the guy did it and didn't believe that he should be let go. So even if it's like even if you have it in black and white, some people aren't going to accept it. But it's a darn good thing that we have the black and white because you can't continue to convict people just because you think they did something. This is true. Anyway, I'm sorry I have to go. We have a storm warning, so okay. I have to cut off and oh. I'll try and get on. Okay, Hannah. I'll catch up with you later. I'll be around, okay? Okay. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for bye calling. Bye. You betcha. Stay safe. That was a call from Minnesota. Um, I happen to know that lady, and she comes to Maine every year. And uh, hey, little Lenny, am I too loud? Tell me if I am. Um, this lady from Minnesota comes every year, and she was aware of the Sarah Cherry thing. Thank you, little Lenny. And um, so she wanted to call in and hopefully hear some more of the details because her words to me, and she said it on the air, was, I don't believe this man did this. I believe that this man deserves justice. And I think that, you know, everybody that's listening, everybody who's aware of this situation, I think it's very frightening for all of us. I cannot help. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This could be me. This could be you. Yes. And that's what is frightening. We have have another caller, and so I'm going to bring him in. Oh, sure. Hello. Well, 308, and welcome to Serious Business. What do you think about what you're hearing? I heard part, and I missed part of it. This is Leopard Lady. I knew that. I didn't know if you recognized the number or not. Um, When uh, Corey Live hit me upside the head and said, that's Heidi, that's Leopard Lady. That's (laughs) a nice number. Uh, I just wanted to call in and show my support. I, I I've been catching bits and pieces. We've got tornadoes on the ground 40 miles from here. So, um, yeah, I I had to shut my computer down. And but um, as far as um, false confessions and that, are you familiar with the West Memphis Three? Not off the top of my head. Um, they were accused of killing um, three, two or three little eight-year-old boys. And they've been in prison for like 12 or 13 years now. And um, actually, the band that gave us our theme song, Mongrel, there's, I think it's this weekend, there's a big fundraiser for them. Um, they, they're now, um, is DNA showing it probably wasn't them. And that um, it may have been one of the kids' fathers. But because they listened to heavy metal music and wore black and uh, they got labeled Satanists and... Um, they're, they're, it's pretty, if you go in and read about it, I, I, I believe they are innocent. So, and they were convicted with no um, 
I, I, I do believe they, they got a confession out of one of them who was on the verge of being mentally retarded. You know that I now that you tell me about it, I I didn't connect the uh, the label with it, but I do have some uh, recollection of that. And um, do they have a group that is advocating for them? Yeah, they do. Um, several musicians and stuff are. Um, I think the Innocence Project is who is uh, trying to help them as well. But there's a lot of um, rock stars in that who have stepped, come forward and um, held benefits and spoken out on their behalf in that. Like I said, Mongrel is one of them. They have a song actually about about the um, being wrongly convicted in that. Uh, Corey just started up on the laptop, the West uh, the 3 and I think it's uh, WM3.org. I'm right, Heidi. I, yeah, I have to go. Um, the tornado's getting closer, so I'm going to go take cover and uh, hopefully we'll be past in time for our show. Okay, well, you be safe. I will. I'll be in a closet. I don't have a basement. But... <laughs> okay, thank you for calling us. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ray, did the, um, did the, innocence, uh, the innocence groups, were, were they looking into Dennis's case? I think to this point, I, I and I'm and I'm just this is just a guess on my part. I think that they have done all that they can really do. They do support Dennis, and they have um, and they have helped. But as far as going forward, I mean, we have the new law, and um, and he has their support. But I don't, I don't. Think that there's a whole lot that they they can do now. Yeah. Right. There's only so much you can do. I was just uh, looking at some of the uh, some of the things that um, Jim has online, and um, when you go to uh, Serious Business website, I've also got a link there so that anybody that is interested can click on that link. It'll take them to Amazon.com, and you can buy Jim's book. And mm-hmm. read up. It is available at Amazon.com. Brunswick. It can also be picked up at the um, the Gulf of Maine bookstore. Okay. Um, the book is Human Sacrifice by James P. Moore, uh, who kills Sarah Cherry. A real life mystery is told in this book. What? Uh, could you give a little, uh, just a little background on Jim, um, on Jim Moore? Was was he not with the FBI or? CIA or something, correct me if I'm wrong. It was the um, F, um, firearms, tobacco, and alcohol. He was a, an ATF, alcohol, firearms, and tobacco, or alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. I think it's ATF, but he has a background in... He's a retired ATF agent. Yes, so he has a really good background in the law and... Yes. Thank you, Little Lenny. It was ATF. Yeah. We have Little Lenny. Uh, you know who Little Lenny is, right? I do. Yes, you do, and I'll tell you in an email. Okay. Okay. Um, and there, you know, there is something that I would love to share with you, but I, at this point, I don't know if I should or if it would be appropriate. But, but I, I, I definitely will 
share something with you at, at some point. Um, I mean, I can, I can share everything I know um, that I know for certain about this case. There's just a couple things that um, people have shared with me that um, just something that people say, something not something I can check. So, and, and perhaps, perhaps those people will uh, come on the show because uh, hopefully as I get going, I'd like to do uh, a, another show on Dennis. And um, at some point in time, I hope that the reason we're doing this show is because a new trial has been granted. I just right. think... Um, I have my um, our mutual friend, little Lenny says if she knows anything how do about. I, how do I type in? I mean, I I see a question. Somebody she says hi Ray. Yeah. And um, okay, let's see. How do I? You might be. Uh, I think you're a, a guest. So until you have a name, right, Corey? You have to um, register. If you go down to the bottom of the I did register. I'm all set now. I'm all in and registered. And um, uh, But I I guess I'm still not at the right place. Maybe, maybe what you can do is uh, um, hit a refresh button, Corey. Um, Go to blogtalkradio.com slash seriousbusiness and make sure it says at the top, hello, and then your name so you know you're logged in. And then come back to the click to listen button. And make sure your speakers are muted so we don't hear us twice. I turned off my speaker because I noticed it's behind what we're saying. <laughs> A little echo there. Do, do you yeah. see little Lenny what she says? Oh, wait. Do I just type right here? Let's see. I think I finally got it. Give it a shot. Hey, you did it. I did it. Okay. Did it. And and do you you do know who L D is? We all used to go to the three of us used to go to a website where we were persecuted for who oh, we Oh really? Is she there? Yeah. Oh. Little Lenny. That's little Lenny? Yeah, Little Lenny is, is our mutual friend that you, we, where we used to go to the website to that other radio show. Okay. Remember that? Wasn't that fun yeah. time? Huh? <laughs> mm. And that Little was, Lenny just got rid of her. That was the one that I was talking about where, where um, unfortunately, you know, some people were getting really heated. So I said, all right, the, people get heated about words. So that's when I said, I'm just going to ignore all the words and I just listed a whole bunch of stuff that had nothing to do with words. And I said, these are the kinds of things that convinced me. So, yeah. Um, there's, I, I think everybody's just anxious to, to find out what happens when his, his lawyer goes to court. I was just uh, sort of looking through papers. Can you hear the rattle of papers? I do. Uh, Let's see, I, I was, was hoping I'm, another friend of mine would call in. I, I tried to encourage him to. Well, uh, I did send uh, off to to uh, a number, and I thank you for all your help. And, and uh, little Lenny, I thank you also. 
um, for your help. Jim Moore did did uh, email me. We did email back and forth. I don't think he remembers me. Wonderful. Which just uh, which just devastates me because I thought, hey, I am memorable. You got to remember me. But he didn't. I don't think. But um, <laughs> one of the things that uh, is um, I think important is uh, if you click on. Jim's link to his book, there is some background there, and one of the things is how to help Dennis DeShane, and um, all you have to do is just click that link and, and do as it suggested. You know, if you click that, you would like to see a, a, a new trial. That does not mean that you advocate Dennis's innocence or that you advocate his guilt. It means that you advocate justice. So it's not going to hurt anybody to to go there and click and say, yes, I believe he does deserve a new trial. That doesn't say what you believe. It doesn't say that you believe he's innocent. It doesn't mean that you believe he's guilty. It means you believe in justice. And justice needs to be served. We should all expect that. We should all want it and we should all expect it. That's the least we should expect. This is the United States of America. We expect justice. We we depend on our justice system to protect us. And I cannot help but wonder if you walk down the street and something bad happens and you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, within two miles of it, could you be spending the next 20 years of your life in prison? Mm-hmm. Could I? I don't think I could handle it. I uh, was looking at WAVI, and they have a, a recent picture of Dennis. And, you know, this man is astounding to me because he doesn't have that look on his face of somebody who's been in prison for 20 years. I mean, when you live in that environment, it changes you, and I'm sure that Dennis has been changed. And this can never, this can never ever be taken out of his life, but give him a trial. Let us judge on the evidence, not on the circumstances, but on the evidence. A friend named uh, Bill and I went to the Innocence Conference in Massachusetts. It was one of the most wonderful things I've ever experienced. I, I got to meet a couple of men who have been exonerated. Um, I got to see quite a few of them. Uh, I got to meet the kind of people that helped get them exonerated. It was it was just a profound experience. But I have to tell you, and I may start crying because it happens every time I think about these men, if you look at any of them and look them in the eye, even though they're out of prison, because most of these men have spent so much time unjustly in prison, they actually lack a spark that you see in most people when you look in their eye. And I can't imagine, I can imagine, and that it will just, hopefully, it will come back, but it will just take time. But there's just this, I don't know how to describe it, like this slight look of sadness that just stays there. Even when they're talking to you, even when they're smiling, there's this look of sadness in their eyes. And it it was one of the hardest things to see. I, it's very difficult to describe, and I, I hope they find a way to, 
to erase it. I don't know if that's possible. Well, I'm, I think that um, this is just my thought, but I believe that the years in there are going to kill a part of you. They're going to, mm. they're going to kill the spontaneity that you may have had. They're going to kill the instant joy, and they're going to instill fear that it could happen again. Mm-hmm. Have no doubt that these men and women, because it's not just men, but I, I do believe that the men and women who have been unjustly put into prison and then released, what, what's their biggest fear now? Oh, my God, it could happen to me again. And to live with that on your shoulders, that's going to that's gonna kill some of the spark of life, I have no doubt. And uh, hopefully their families, and such as Dennis, Dennis has such a support group. These are the people that can help them bring themselves back to life. Maybe never, ever the life that they would have had because that's gone. But a new life filled with joy. And who's going to appreciate that freedom more than those people? I mean, seriously, they know what it is to be imprisoned. They're going to know what it is to be free. You're a sweetheart, Ray. Did you know that? I'm just one of those people that I I really think people feel so much better when they try to do the right thing, even no matter how tough it is. We we just we just need to try a little harder. Well, I think that the whole group, and I think that people who are not a part of the group that do support justice, um, these are the people that are going to help Dennis or whomever. They're supporting because I'm sure that Dennis isn't the only one who deserves justice in this particular instance. Um, these are the people that that unjustly confined can depend on, can trust. I mean, trial and error people. You guys have been um, 20 years. 20 years. You have been behind this man. Now, what kind of man? What kind of man? My phone is dying. I've got to get the other one. Corey, other phone. If you hear that little beep, it means don't hang up. I'll be right back. Of course, Corey's going to fall up the stairs and kill himself. That'll... Oh, my God. <laughs> did you hear that? Yes. Corey, what did you and tell I me? Wanna, I want to... Um, Ray, you get the talk. What's that? Did I lose you? Hello, can you hear us? There you are. Yeah, it's her son, Corey, right now. Oh, hi, Corey. Hi. I'm out of breath. I just ran and fell down the stairs pretty much getting the other phone. Are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. Wow, what we do what we do for our shows? Uh, were, you, were you hurrying a little too much? <sighs> you are out of breath, and are you sure you're okay? Yeah, I'm sure I'm okay. All right, here she is. Okay, we have a young person in our chat room. Her name is uh, I think she's still there. Yes, Princess Mitchie. 
she's a young person. She's a teenager, and Corey also is a teenager. Mitchy, do you have any uh, any thoughts about this? Being a young person, what's your thoughts? And Corey. Oh, Corey can't breathe yet. We've got another caller, so I'm going to take that call. Good evening, 207. Welcome to Serious Business. Hello, it's me, Little Lenny. I'm uh, 207. I cannot hear you. You're very weak. It's Little Lenny. Can you hear me now? Oh, we're working on it here. We got you. Okay. Hi. I can hear you now. Uh, what's your name? Little Lenny. Little Lenny. Hi, Little Lenny. Yes. Hey. I'm working with a cold here, so please forgive me. Oh, you always sound terrific on the phone. So, Little Lenny, can you share your feelings with us about uh, justice being served, and and tell us a little bit about uh, your life with Dennis? Well, I wanted to share that um, Dennis was one of the people. Um, I've known him since I was small, like 10, 11 years old. And he was one of the people that I found always was one of the kindest teenage boys I had ever known, which was unusual. Um, You know, I was going through things in my life, and, and my brother happened to know his older brother and would bring me to where they owned a business, this and that. And Dennis would talk with me and and he would always make me feel better about the person that I was, and I never felt uncomfortable with him. He was like probably, when I was 12, he was probably 16. He's probably four, yeah, he's four years older than me. And he never made me feel uncomfortable. I and think I remember uh, in the past, a few years ago, you told me he felt like a big brother. Yeah, exactly. And and he he didn't even know me, really. I mean, he just knew I was my older brother's little sister. And and there were a lot of times that my brother would bring me to their taxi stand slash uh, garage, um, and he'd go off and do something with Dennis's older brother, uh, some business, and leave me alone with Dennis. And and I always felt so comfortable with him. He was just not a person who was weird. He he was he he was the most polite teenage boy I had ever met, and genuinely genuinely loving. Um, I, I was a child who who didn't feel good about herself, very insecure, and um, he just he made a person feel good, and he's he's a genuinely loving individual, and you can see that when you see um, when you see him on uh, on the television shows or the um, news programs, what have you, he doesn't have a hardness in his eyes from being no, in prison, doesn't. in spite of the fact that he was, he's not guilty. He was, uh, he was uh, guilty until proved innocent, and he wasn't given a chance to, be, to prove his innocence with the DNA, as you and, and Ray were talking about. But you don't see a hardness in his eyes because that's not a part of him. I think that's one of the things that, that I was um, trying to voice about uh, the WB, uh, WABI interview and the, the recent picture that's one of the things that I was trying to say, and, and uh, you don't see the hardness in his eyes in that picture. No. And then Ray, uh, having gone to that conference and seeing the pain in the other gentleman's eyes, I mean, I, yeah. I do see the pain in Dennis's eyes, but I don't yes. see 
unkindness. I don't see hardness. And I don't see cruelty. And we all admit that what happened to Sarah Cherry was an extremely cruel act. Oh, absolutely. And if it was my child, I would want to know who did it. If there was any question about the DNA, I would be haunted every night wondering, did they get the right person? And in my heart, I know that if that question remains, it should be checked out. It just should be. And the only way to find out whose DNA that is is to have a retrial. You know? I, I agree like, 100%. If this, if this was, you know, I feel so bad for the family. Anyone, everyone who supports Dennis, we're all loving individuals. We all have, you know, a lot of us have children. We would, you know, I, I don't want to say this flippantly, but we would all feel like we'd want to kill whoever would have killed our child. Of course, we wouldn't a doubt. do it. You know, of course we wouldn't do it. But And yet we don't feel that way about Dennis because we know the person he is. Um, I, I would have trusted him with my children. I really would have. I would not have trusted the person um, that has been brought up in, in, the, in the book uh, as an alternative suspect. I wouldn't have trusted that person. But, you know, it's like you know there are people, you can just tell the deviance. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, some people are, some people when you do look at them and if you, um, but and unfortunately, in the physical, I'm talking there, there were people read who them. said that same thing about Dennis. And, and that, yes. you know, we can look at people and, and form our own personal feeling about that person, but it still doesn't make them what we think they are. Exactly. exactly. And and where I'm headed with this is that you can look at somebody and because each of us is an individual, each each of us is very human and we see somebody and we think, Oh my gosh, what a what a ooh, I don't even want to say what a you know, but we form an instant opinion. But, but you, I get I didn't, that, you get to I know that person. Know Dennis, so I didn't Believe have that extra uh advantage or, or maybe a disadvantage. Maybe not knowing him gave me an advantage to look at things more objectively. Maybe, but then knowing I, him, knowing him, I I remember I I remember the very day the news came out um, where he was arrested, and I remember saying they have the wrong guy. They just, they have the wrong, this is not possible. And I really thought that justice was going to be done because I knew him. Um, you, they, you know, some people will talk about comparisons of Ted Bundy or, or certain others. Um, first of all, like we said before, you have to look at the evidence, and it was not all presented. Why? You have to look at this case objectively, logically and with common sense and um, there were too many missing pieces and that's why he deserves to have a a fair trial he deserves another trial where it's fair because without it if he never gets it we all know that if anything like that happens to us we cannot trust the justice system I would never want to be arrested for anything even even a parking violation (laughs) <laughs> or whatever, you know, I just, I wouldn't want, because I don't trust the justice system at all in our state because of this case. I am we always, all know 
there's evidence missing from that trial. Go ahead, Ray. Curious, um, have you heard from anybody through emails or, or anybody who said they possibly wanted to call in who believes Dennis is, is guilty? I mean, it, it always adds to the conversation to hear both sides. It certainly does. Unfortunately, I have had no input from people who think that Dennis is guilty or who had any interest in calling in and, and being the other side, the devil's advocate. I have had nothing um, like that at all. And that's too bad because um, then we could really discuss what they're saying. I think that you two ladies have done a wonderful job of, of presenting the case of Dennis DeShane, the case of justice in Maine. I think that both of you are uh, truly remarkable women. 20 years you've been behind this man. 20 years you've been fighting for justice, not just for him, but for justice for all of us. I have only been involved um, with with trial and error since, uh, I want to say, 2004. So I... And I, too, um, cannot take credit for 20... You know, I've believed in him for 20 years, but I, I ha or, you know, for however long he's been um, in this this uh, process, but, um, and I've been a member of Trial and Error, but unfortunately haven't been able to do anything compared to what Carol Waltman has done, or uh-huh. what Jim Moore Correct. has done. That's what I wanted to do, was give credit where credit was really yeah. due. Yeah. She is yeah. one so of the most yeah. amazing human beings I have ever met. Yeah, me too. And I've known her uh, <laughs> for a very long time. We yeah. were teens together as well. And uh, I'm I'm amazed at her tenacity. Uh, and, and she's faced heartache and hardship and illness. And still she's she's plugged on. And and then uh, with, without Jim, I mean, his book uh, was a – and his work, getting certain things out publicly – has done incredible, has done so much Wonderful for trial thing. and error and for Dennis, yes. you know. And I, and I want to personally, I want to personally thank you, Loie, for having this program, you know. Well, thank you, but it's it. um, near and dear to my heart. Um, I do believe that justice needs to be served. I do uh, appreciate both of you coming on. I have been in contact via email with... Um, a number of the people in trial and error. It's unfortunate that uh, nobody was able to be available tonight. That's understandable. It was short notice, and if people have plans, people have plans, and that's the way it is. But I would like to do another show in perhaps uh, a couple of months if uh, something has happened. I mean, it's been 20 years. It could happen overnight. I'm sorry. Is your show something that once it's over, has it been recorded so that somebody can go back and listen to it or not? Yes, you can. You may go back. It's uh, And Corey will tell you how to do that because Corey's my mastermind here. <laughs> yeah, he's doing really well. <laughs> and I have an announcement to make. We have uh, We have four minutes to go. So my first announcement is that Corey homeschooled this year, first time ninth grader. And on Tuesday night, we went to Auburn to his ninth grade portfolio review, and Corey is now officially a tenth grader. So, 
Yay. <laughs> and then I'd like to tell you about next week's show. It's going to be on the paranormal, so it's going to be oh, kind awesome. of interesting. I'm, you're going to have to give me your phone number because I need to call you. Oh, well, I'll give it to you. you. Miss it always was, but you know what? I bet you lost it in all the the transition, changing new computers and so on and so forth, but I'll I'll email yeah, it to you. send it to me also via email. Okay. In case uh, I want to tell you our show next week is Touching on the Paranormal. We're going to meet Carol from New York. Carol bought a house, moved in, and she didn't live there alone. She has uh, a ghost whose name is Mary. Uh, if you go to YouTube and type in, um, oh, what the, what the keywords is uh, A&E TV. She was on Paranormal on A&E TV. You should be able to find Carol from New York, A&E TV, Paranormal, and watch the Paranormal segment. And next week we'll be talking with Carol. And anybody else that has ghosts or thinks they have ghosts are welcome to give us a call, join us in the chat room. Come on in, and let's talk about your ghost. I have a message from Ray. Oh, thank you. Are you near your computer where you can check your email really quickly? Uh, right now. Don't read it out loud. Just read what I said. Oh, no, I won't read it out loud. Uh, Corey's going to take over for a minute. Well, hello, everybody. Hi, Corey. Uh, Hi. I've been sitting here helping, running the sound, running this, running that. I hope you can all hear me well. Um, tonight, there's a show I work on with Leopard Lady, who you guys saw in the chat. I really hope the storm blows over so she can be there, because that would be pretty bad, me trying to do it without her. But it's called NTL Rock Radio. I've done that show with her for five months, and you can find information on that on ntlrockradio.com. It's tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern. We'll be giving away, like, probably 10 or 15 CDs from different bands that have been on our show, plus a copy of my single will be given away on tonight's show, so check that out. And also, I'm hosting Corey Live. Just search it up or go to my official website at www.coryal.com. That's C-O-R-Y-A-L.com. And, of course, if you want to check out my mom's show on archive, she was asking me to tell you guys. Yeah, how do we do that? About 15 minutes after the show's over is when it hits archive at blogtalkradio.com. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> how can you do that so fast? Uh, we have it goes through the system and it processes it and it re-uploads it and it's also going to be available on iTunes for people who have iPods and that stuff like me. Can you can you put that info on the chat thing so that people yes. like me can I'll get copy that. it? I will get that and we're down to about ninety okay. seconds, so I'm going to give you back to mainly Lowy. Alrighty. Ray and uh, Lil Lenny, I want to thank both of you for coming on the show and making it a success sharing your knowledge with us and your experiences with Dennis. Um, the chat room will probably stay open. As long as we have it open. As long as I have it open. So probably <laughs> for, for 10 minutes you can stay in the chat room. And so what I'm going to be saying to you is, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Serious Business, and next week it's not so serious. So please join us next week. Meet Carol from New York. Ray, Lil Lenny, thank you very much. Have a great evening. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And add both of us to MySpace. Mom at MySpace.com slash mainly Lowy me at um, Corey AL Music.
So, serious business, everybody. And I want to say good night to guest number 703. I want to say good night to little Lenny. I want to say good night to you, Princess Mitchie, and in Yeah. Guest 803, thank you for joining us, and good night, one and all. You've just listened to an IYR The Classics broadcast. Learn more about IYR The Classics at theclassics.itsyourradio.com. It's your radio, the future of radio. www.itsyourradio.com.